special work in our life. Help us to surrender. Help us to be aware of the sacrifice that you made. And God, I pray for our brothers and sisters who can't be with us this morning. God, you know the many who are at home right now, probably watching online, who have just had a lot of physical ailments, just nagging and lingering for several months. God, I pray that you would be with them today, that you would watch over them. Lord, pray for Mr. Bruce as he's home with a stomach bug today. God, we pray for Nick as he's just struggling with this, um, this blood clot. God, I just pray that you would be with him right now. God, that you would just touch their bodies in a special way. Father, we love you. We are thankful to be together, to be able to worship you, to adore you. And God, I pray that everything that we do would be glorifying and honoring to your name. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. All God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Well, it's good to see everybody this morning. We're in week four of listening to God. And there obviously comes a point in time where you can hear something, but unless you do it, it it, it doesn't make a difference, right? I mean, there comes a point in time where you can hear and you can listen all day long, but if you don't do it, if you don't put it into practice, it doesn't make a difference, And so today we have a passage from Luke chapter 11, verses 23 through 28. I encourage you guys to read along with me. It'll be on the screen. You can look in your own Bibles. This is a pretty obscure passage. You know, a lot of times I'll say, okay, you've probably heard this preached on a million times. You probably have not heard this passage preached on a million times. Maybe once or twice, but not a million. This is a a unique passage, but it fits very well with what we've been talking about. So read with me together and we'll get started. Jesus said, anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds that former home is all swept and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there, and so that person is worse off than before. As he was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came, and the breast that nursed you. Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all those who hear the word of God And put it into practice. What an interesting and odd passage of scripture. Um, Let's just work through it together. Point number one, you're either for Jesus or you're against Jesus. Now, that may seem like duh. We've heard that a million times. But I think a lot of times we just need to be reminded of some clear-cut basic principles that Christ constantly communicated to the people who followed him. And this morning, we need to remind ourselves that we're either for Jesus or against him. There's no in-between, there's no middle ground, there's no half-heartedness, there's no partiality, and there's no wavering. 
You're either for him or you're against him. You're either working with him or you're working against him. And Jesus in scripture communicates this multiple times. And it's not something that we can argue with. Luke chapter 9, verse 62, but Jesus told them anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Revelation 3.16, but since you are lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. So this morning, I just want to remind you of this challenge as, as we start the sermon to just really contemplate and evaluate your life and, and be honest with how much of yourself truly belongs to Jesus Christ. Because, because as people... This is what we like to do. So, so like we know half-heartedness is not right. And so we'll make sure that we're pretty much all in. Like we'll go to church, we'll read our Bibles, we'll pray, we'll say our blessing, we'll, we'll sing worship songs, we'll listen to Christian music on the radio, we'll do all these things, and yet there might still be something in your life that you have not surrendered to the Lord. And it could be something sinful, it could just be something that you know is not good or beneficial for you. It could just be something that's eating up your time when it could be better spent on doing things for the Lord. And so it may not be sinful. It could be a calling that God has put on your life and you just have not surrendered to it yet. And I want to tell you this morning that if you're sitting here today and you're 95% for God, and then there's 5% that's not for Him that you're clinging and holding on to and keeping for yourself you are still not God's. You're either for him or you're against him. And let me give you an analogy. Many of you have heard tales and seen people in your lifetimes inside the church that are leaders in the church, just good church people. Maybe they're leaders, maybe they're pastors, right? And they've been at a church, they've served in that church, they've belonged to that church, they've done some amazing things in that church for 10, 20, 30 years. And they had a moral failure of some kind. They gave in to a temptation. They did something really stupid in the moment. And the 5% of them that didn't belong to the Lord did more damage in that one amount of time than the 20 years or 30 years of faithfulness did with all the good, right? You're either for God or you're against him. You may not wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to oppose God today. I'm waging war against the Lord today. I'm going to make sure that I go out and live in sin today. That might not be what you're saying. But if you don't 100% belong to Christ, then you are inevitably against him. You're working against him, whether you realize it or not. And everything comes to light. Everything will be revealed all the consequences of our actions and our choices, they will come to fruition at some point in time. And we need to understand that. You with me this morning? We either belong to him or we don't. And the great thing about the God that we serve is, is that he's 100% in. 
You know, I say this all the time. God doesn't ask us to do anything that he's not already done. God has always been 100% in. Jesus gave everything. You know, Easter's coming up. We're talking about the sacrifice of Christ over the next several weeks. Jesus has already done everything so that you and I could have everything. You with me? He, he paid the price so that we could have forgiveness of sin, so that we could be cleansed, that we could have a clear conscience, so we could lay our head down at nighttime and sleep without the burden and shame of our choices laying on our chest and keeping us up. He, he died so that we could be free of that. He died so that you and I could have eternal life. He was 100% in. And so he doesn't ask us to do anything that he hasn't already done. So you need to understand the God that's calling you this morning to surrender that last thing in your life that you're just like, I'm not ready to turn this yet, loose yet. I'm not ready to let it go. He's calling you to do what he did. Even in the garden, up to the very last minute, he was praying, God, not, your, not my will, but your will to be done. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. It's not like Jesus was excited to go to the cross. You with me today? He was still praying for that to pass if it was possible, but he still prayed for God's will to be done and not his own. And that's the point in our lives we've got to be in 100%. God, your will, not mine. We either belong to Christ or we don't. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul writes about this, and this is, this is a really great passage. This is a popular passage. Many of you have heard this before. But Paul writes to the church in Galatia this way. He says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. Okay? Paul has put his old self to death. He has died to his old self. It's been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Now, this is really interesting because you think about the passage of Scripture that we're talking about, our focus passage this morning, and Jesus like totally changes gear from like either you're for me or you're against me. And then he moves on to say, well, then you have this, this person who's been, been cleansed and delivered from this demon. And we'll talk about that in a second. So that there's this understanding of, of possession, demonic possession and, and spirit possession and things like that that Jesus is talking about. But P Paul writes, he says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. You know, a lot of times we, we love to talk about demonic possession and we're very much aware of that aspect. And sometimes I don't think that when we, when we talk about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you're actually allowing the Holy Spirit to possess you. That's a weird way of thinking it because possession always is, is grouped with like evil or wrong or this negative context. But when you actually think about the Spirit of God living in you, dwelling in you, giving you fruits in your life of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and all these things that, that comes out of you from the Spirit filling you, possessing you, it is very much a possession, right? All right. So Paul talks, he says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ is possessing him. He's using God is using Paul's body as a vessel to accomplish his will. That sounds kind of creepy, right? It sounds kind of creepy to like let go of yourself and to let something or someone else possess you and take charge of who you are. And we'll talk more about that later on, but I want you to understand this is what Paul's talking about. Christ lives in him. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God. You got to trust in that. 
If you're going to let something come in and dwell in you, you got to trust that, to be willing to let that happen. The interesting thing is, is that for Christ to dwell in you, you have to want that, and you have to invite him in, and you have to trust him to come in and take up shop inside of you and dwell within you. You have to trust that and be okay with it, because Christ is not going to come in unless you invite him in, unless you welcome him in, unless you prepare the place for him to come and be in, he's not going to come in. But Satan's different. We'll talk about that in a second. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul completely understands that, that the idea of putting himself to death so that Christ can live in him and possess him and guide him and produce all these good things for the kingdom of God, it was perfectly rational because he understood what Christ did for him. You with me today? So it's important to understand that as you contemplate this, because this is difficult, because many of you are sitting in here this morning, and it's not even a matter of you haven't asked Jesus Christ to save you from your sins. It's not a matter of you haven't asked him to cleanse you, to give you eternal life. It's not a matter of you asking God to even want to be filled with God because we want to be filled with God like that is kind of like that desire. We, we hear it talked about a lot, but we, don't may, we may not necessarily know exactly what that means and how to see that through. But you need to understand this morning that, that it requires all of who you are. It requires every bit of you. And don't be afraid to, to give all of yourself to the God who gave all of himself for you. We serve a, a Savior who gave all, and we can trust in him as we give all. Because it puts you in a very vulnerable position. If, if you give everything that you are to someone, if you completely... There's some of you husband and wives in here today. You should, like, as a husband and wife, you should know each other more than anyone else knows you. But even as a husband and wife, sometimes it's really difficult to just sit there inside that relationship and be completely and 100% vulnerable with each other because it means like you have to absolutely trust them with, with, in that process. And your relationship with your, your heavenly father is very much the same way. You have to trust in him. He gave all for you. Trust in him and give your all to him. It's a very vulnerable position, but it's very much worth it. And you got to remember, you're either for him or you're against him. You cannot be 95. You can't be 99% for Jesus and cling to that 1% for yourself. Because inevitably, that 1% is going to work against God more than your 99% will work for him. And we need to understand that this morning. Point number two. You can be delivered and cleansed and not filled. And we'll say that again. You can be delivered and cleansed and yet not be filled. And this is in reference to that confusing little passage that we read about a while ago as Jesus speaks of this person who's delivered from the Spirit, all right, this evil spirit. And the evil spirit goes out in the desert and it's looking to find rest. And when it finds no rest, it returns to the person that it used to dwell in and it finds the home is swept and clean. You getting your visual image? Okay, its dwelling place is swept and clean. 
but nothing's there. It's like an empty house. And it's funny, I was talking with somebody, you know, know, empty homes are are a place that, that wind up filled whether you want them filled or not. If any of you have ever had an empty home or anything like that, you know. Homeless people move in, vandals move in, people come and set up all kinds of stuff inside empty homes if you leave them vacant long enough. Your heart and your body is no different. So the the spirit comes back, finds the home swept and clean, but it's empty, free to move back in. But instead of moving in by itself, it goes find seven other spirits to move in with it. And whenever they move in, the person's worse off than they were before. You say, that's really weird. That's really confusing. What the heck does that mean? And Jesus is, and you think about this, this is Jesus Christ, the son of God. And whether this is metaphorical or whether it's actually, he's speaking in reality of this is what actually happens. It's very much possible for us as people to go to God and to cry out and repent and to be delivered, for demons to be cast out, for, for, for evil to come out of our bodies. And we can be cleansed of that. And that's great, isn't it? Anybody ever been there? Been forgiven of sin and cleansed of sin and the weight's gone and you're just like celebrating, you're praising the Lord. But it's very much possible for us to experience that. And I believe many people in our country, in our culture, in our neighborhood, and even some in this church have experienced that cleansing, that forgiveness. But what's happened is, is that as things have been removed from their life, there's been nothing move in to fill it. And we're like vacuums, not a vacuum cleaner, but a vacuum. You understand the concept? Like we, God designed us to be filled. A vacuum cleaner sucks up trash. So you're not a vacuum cleaner. Your soul is a vacuum. And God designed you to be filled with Christ in the Holy Spirit. You need to understand, like in your life, God has designed you to kind of be empty, to have a sense of longing in your life for something to fill you. God designed you to be that way. But he designed you to be whole when you're filled with Christ and the Holy Spirit. But what happens is, is that when that thing remains empty and vacant, guess what moves in? The garbage. Because your soul is a vacuum. It's made to be filled. And so you might be sitting here this morning and you may say, well, I haven't invited Satan into my life. Well, I haven't invited sin into my life. It does not matter what you have invited in. Satan is looking for empty vessels to set up shop in. And before we know it, our natural desire as people is to be filled. And before we know it, we allow ourselves to be filled with all kinds of mess that is not beneficial. You ever been there? And it could be anything from entertainment. It could be anything from addictions to bad habits. It could just be stuff that just eats up our time and takes us away from more important, more beneficial things. And it could be sinful and it could be evil. But we were made to be filled. And Satan is the type of adversary that just comes by checks all the windows and the doors and just lets himself on in whenever you're not paying attention and you're not there. Christ is the one that comes and knocks, speaks to you kindly, reveals himself to you, and waits for you to invite him in. See, as Jesus is talking about this, and he's talking about people who truly belong to him, he's revealing the fact that as people... To truly belong to Christ and to really belong to him, 
we have to be completely filled with him. And if you just say, okay, well, Jesus, you can move in and you can come in my heart, but I'm going to set off this little closet back here and you can have like 99% of the house, but I got this one little room back here. I'm going to keep some of my junk in. Don't go in there. Don't mess with that stuff. It's, it's, I, I, this, I like this stuff. This is really important to me. Don't mess with this. You can have the rest of the house. Just don't mess there. And you don't belong to him. Any of you ever been forgiven of sin before and repented and felt clean, felt good, happy? And you go weeks, maybe even months. And then all of a sudden, one day, when you haven't had that desire in forever to go back to whatever it is you were delivered from, all of a sudden, it's just like, it's back. There's a need in our life that we're constantly and continuously allowing the Spirit to fill our lives and seeking God and filling ourselves up so much with Him through His Word, through prayer, through fellowship with other believers, through studying, through, through whatever it is that you can get your hands on to help you grow closer in your relationship with God, that there is not room or time for you to experience the things of the past. Because Jesus said, those who put their hands to the plow and look back are not fit for the kingdom of God. If you're not for me, you're against me. If you're not working for me, you're working against me. So it's possible to be delivered and cleansed, but not be filled with Christ or the Holy Spirit. You need to understand that this morning. There should be a desire in your life to be filled completely with God. Point number three, people that hear and do the word of God are blessed. This is, this is so funny. I mean, I have a weird sense of humor. I read a lot of, a lot of scripture, and uh, I look at things and just think, like, how weird would that have been? Like, what would I do if I was up here preaching this morning and one of you yelled out, because my mom's here. All right. I mean, you'd really make her feel uncomfortable if you did this, which I think is really hilarious. So you could do this, and I'd probably be okay with it. But at the same time, I wouldn't know what to do with my hands if someone said, blessed is your mother and the womb from which you came and the breast that nourished you. Like, what a weird thing. Like, you read it in Scripture, and you're just like, oh, that's okay. That was just typical. There's just No, that would be really weird. Like, how do you respond to that? If someone just makes that weird statement about your mom, Eli would say something like that, but (laughs) it's just, it's such a weird thing to think about and contemplate. But when you look at this, this whole idea that this woman just makes this random statement, Jesus doesn't deny it. It's like, yeah, she is blessed. But even more blessed is the person who hears the word of God and puts it into practice. And so as you're sitting here this morning, I want you to think about those words from Christ himself and think about how much as God's son who lived in perfection, who never dishonored his mother, who did everything right, did everything that she told him to do. You know, it's like none of us did that. And he did that. And as much as he loved her, as much as he understood how important it was for her to sacrifice so that he could come into our world He said, yeah, but even more blessed are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. You're sitting here this morning, and it's so important for you to understand that 
just because we as individuals may not necessarily be used for this amazing, unique, just incredible moment in history that's going to change the world. Just because God did not use us for that moment does not mean that we are not just as significant and just as obedient and just as impactful in the kingdom of God for all of eternity. It's like, yeah, Mary was wrote about. Yeah, some woman made a crazy statement while Jesus was talking. But when you think about Mary, it's like, what made Mary so awesome? You look back in the book of Luke in chapter 1, and it says that I am the servant of the Lord, and may everything you said about me come true. Mary heard the angel Speak to her. She heard the word of God, the message that God sent her. She heard it and she was willing to put it into practice in her life. That's what made Mary great. She was willing to do what God's word said. And so you're sitting here this morning and you say, okay, well, how can I make my life count? How can I make my life matter? Do not worry about being put down in a history book somewhere. Do not worry about trying to make this great impact that everyone on earth is going to know what it is that you did that was so unique that benefited the world. You just have faith and understand that your heavenly father knows you and he knows your heart and he has a reward and a plan for you and that one day in eternity all things will come to light. And Jesus, even more blessed are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice in their life. And all we have to do is be obedient. All we have to do is do what God's word says. And we're not just limiting God's word to Bible. We're also talking about God speaking to you. God convicting you. God pressing on your heart things in your life that he wants you to abstain from that may not even necessarily be sinful. He just has better things for you than what it is that you're doing. And there's callings on your life. There are people who are walking around every day that God has called you to do certain things and you're just not answering that call. Jesus said the harvest is plenty but the workers are few. Pray to the God of the harvest that he would send the workers. There's plenty of people who have been called and they're just not answering the call. And that might be you this morning. But if we hear the word of God and we put it into practice, we're even more blessed than the mother of Jesus. Because all God calls us to do is just be obedient with where you are. Listen to him, be obedient in where you are. The situation, the circumstances that you're in, be obedient where you are. The true blessing and the true reward lies in eternity, not in history books that we read. I think it should be very eye-opening today that the history books that many of us grew up reading about and taking tests on are now being condemned and rewritten for all kinds of different reasons. So even if you were written about in a book and people remembered you for a little while, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be remembered for eternity. But when it comes to Christ and you're faithful to Him... All things translate to eternal. 
James chapter 1, verses 19 through, uh, 9 through 15 says, I'm sorry, 19 through 25 says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. Now pay attention to the wording. Get rid of all. All the filth, all the evil in your lives. And humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. Not even necessarily the Bible. okay? Not even necessarily like what we call God's word as being the Bible. But the word that God has planted in your hearts. The voice, the, 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 the conscience, the conviction that God has placed in you. Accept that, humbly accept that, that word that he's planted in your heart, for it has the power to save your soul. You with me this morning? And you go back to that passage of scripture earlier and understand that it's possible to be forgiven, it's possible to be cleansed, and it's possible to be delivered, and yet you are still empty. This void that has not been filled. A vacant home that belongs to no one that will inevitably be refilled. And if you're not deciding what you're being filled with, there's forces out there that will decide for you. You with me today? But the word of God that he's planted in your hearts has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. You, for if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it you listen to it and you do what it says, God will bless you for doing it. Even more blessed are those who hear God's word and puts it into practice. You sitting here this morning, you want to know what it means to be blessed. You want to have blessing in your life. You want to be able to stand before God in good conscience. You want to be able to approach him boldly, come to his throne in prayer and be able to ask for things and be able to cry out to him for various things in your life. In order to be able to do that, you have to listen to what God has said, not only in his word, the Bible, but also the word that he is putting in your hearts through convictions, through the voice, through the callings that he's placed on your life. And if you listen to that, and you put that into practice in your life, he'll bless you for it. And what those blessings look like are going to be different from one person to the next. There's no promises. There's no guarantee of wealth or success or fame or anything like that. All it says is that God will bless you. And I think many times as we allow Christ to fill us and to change us and to change our hopes and our dreams... And all the things that we have, we'll find that some of the things that we thought were blessings are actually curses. And some of the things that end up blessings are things that we never expected or never knew that we would have even wanted if God had not blessed us with it. So this morning I challenge you, get rid of the filth, 
Clean your house. Allow your house to be cleaned. Accept the word that God's planted in your hearts. Allow it to save you. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. Do what God is calling you and telling you to do because it sets you free and God blesses you for doing it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day, for the opportunity to come to your house and worship and praise you. I ask that you would speak and work and move in our lives. Lord, if there's people here who's dealing with sin, I pray they would cry out to you, that they would repent and ask for forgiveness. I pray, Lord, that we would all beg you to fill our lives with your presence so that we would not be filled with things of this world or evil things. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to give 100% of all that we are to you. May we hear your word, may we do it, and truly, truly belong to you. We love you and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.